Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. In this season, we're talking with the cast and production team for DFT's Disney's Beauty and the Beast, the Broadway musical. Speaking of Beauty and the Beast, the musical, in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, DFT is putting on a performance of Beauty and the Beast this November of 2023. And performances start Friday, November 10th and go through Sunday, November 19th. So while you're listening to this episode, visit DeerfieldTheater.com and get your tickets. Thank you to all of our sponsors for this year's production with a special thanks to our platinum sponsor, Mosaic Construction. Without further delay, here's the interview. Deborah Goldman, director of Beauty and the Beast, the musical for DFT. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I've never done a podcast. So we were just talking before we clicked record about how you've gotten a chance to get to know all the board members, but this is our chance to get to know each other. This is what I, this is what I love about the podcast. And so, so it is us getting to know each other, but also for our listeners and for potential showgoers, it's their chance to get to know you. So Deborah, tell me about yourself. What, where, 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 you know, what makes you and where do you come from? Oh, from way back, I was a dance performance and choreography major. And I had in my own dance company, I danced professionally. And I went into dance movement therapy, working with just about every population you can imagine. Now I work primarily with developmentally delayed adults and teens. I'm actually working with uh, developmentally delayed adults for Clearbrook. And I also teach a class I just started in acting for special needs kids. And we're going to do the show Aladdin in the spring. It's just joyous. But where I came from that is I became a therapist and moved here And long story short, I went through a year of not being able to walk. And then I had to find out if I could still dance once I could walk. So I auditioned for a community theater production. I found I loved the community part of it, the community on stage part of it. And little by little, I found I literally fell into choreographing. I didn't like choreographing when I had my own company because it was so open-ended. I was, I did just about every dance form, but a lot of jazz. And when I fell into musical theater, which I did a little of in college, I found I was home. This was great. It was creative problem solving. Why are they dancing on that stage? And then I fell into a little more. And when I say fell into the choreographer that was doing a show, left the state and they were like, Debbie, can you step in? You're the one with the dance background. And I went, okay. And then I literally fell into directing after being a choreographer for many years. And then I was choreographing and directing and found that was a challenge I never wanted. And (laughs) I found, I I mean, who would want to be a director? You're in charge of so much stuff. And yet I love it. I mean, I love it. I love the creative process. I love being part of a team. I love the fact that you get to work with such creative and wonderful people that are giving you their trust and 
talent and energy and creativity and time. Time, like, you know, time is, I don't waste it. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. It's not my thing. You know, dance and movement therapist, that's not something that you hear every day. And it sounds like a very personal thing for you too, that, and now you're helping people with that. So, I mean, just like, tell us a little bit more, like, what exactly is that? And how does one become a dance and movement therapist? Well, I have a master's degree in clinical psych and creative arts therapy, specifically dance movement therapy. I've been working for many years in this capacity. So I basically am in the function of a psychologist or I'm licensed by the state as a clinical counselor and psychotherapist. So I work from the physical, which affects the emotional, as we know, the emotional affects the physical. If you're feeling happy, your body moves a certain way. If you're feeling sad, your body moves a certain way. If you're sick, your body moves a certain way. If you're tired, your body moves a certain way. So I work with that. And I've had some incredible results. I have clients that have started speaking that have never spoken before because language is really your secondary process thinking. When you're born, you experience the world through your senses that this thing that smells like this and feels like this will then be called mommy. You don't, you're not born and you go, mom, it's you. You experience it and then you learn the words for it. So we move and then find the words to describe how we feel and share. And I know it's very powerful. And I love my work. I think my work as a therapist makes me a more effective director. I get into character a lot. And honestly, if you're an actor, that's the fun thing. The fun thing is finding that character within you and growing and knowing that you are, you get a chance to put on someone else's clothes and learn about them and try them on. I mean, I have to say, it, it's like people like our Gaston. He is the nicest guy ever. And yet on stage, he's all, you know, and not. And how fun, how fun to to be able to do that. So that's something that I bring. I also feel like when we think about children coming and doing theater, I've done a lot of school shows and children's performances. The importance for me is that, well, people should always leave rehearsal feeling that they've accomplished something. People should always feel that when they've done a show at all, but certainly with me, that the product, the show should be good. And much of that is based on the fact that the cast gets along, they're happy, and they're proud. And I like to think that your ability to accomplish something on stage translates into other parts of your world and mm -hmm. other parts of your life. So as a kid, maybe now you're more capable and you feel more self-confident so that you can get in front of your sophomore year in high school and give a speech. And then when you're 21, 
you can get in front of someone and do a job interview or an interview for college because you have that self-confidence. Not everyone is obviously going to go to Broadway. Um, we've had a lot of people that have had some pretty amazing careers on Broadway that have done shows that have started here. There are people that have been in shows with me here. One is in Broadway, in Beauty and the Beast, but they come back here because they love Deerfield. They love the area. They love the North Shore and want to raise their family here and work here. And so they come back to do shows because ultimately they started being an actor, dancer, singer, theater person, because it was that word I love, fun. Yeah. And so it's not the I have to pay the rent anymore issue. It's the I need to do this for me. It's my therapy. It's my fun. Yeah. And so, even going back to some of what you were saying, it's such a fascinating idea of the therapy side of it, too, because there's this mind body connection. And as a former philosophy major, you know, we used to yeah. I, I studied theory of mind. Right. And we like to maybe sure. pretend they're two separate things. But I, I recall a study. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe, you know, it where they were. It was like they weren't studying this, but they found in this study when it was like a expression study, you know, smiles and frowns and all these studies. And they found that the people who were doing more of the smiles felt happier. And the people who were doing more of the frowns ended up feeling like fe feeling more depressed and sadder. And it was something with like neuro something or other, but like they had this out, this outcome that like, yes, there's such this connection of mind and body that you don't just smile because you have, you're happy. You're also happy because you smile. I, I have always said one of the best ways to feel better is to fake a smile. Because when your body feels that, you do it, it when you smile, try it all of you out there. It lifts your body up and you do feel better. And I'll give you an example. Okay. How do you respond? Hi, Matthew. My name is Debbie Goldman and I'm directing Beauty and the Beast. Or Hi, my name is Debbie Goldman and I'm directing Beauty and the Beast. You hear the smile. Mm -hmm. That's why when you listen to commercials, and really, why would anyone ever do that? But you hear the smile and much, much more because it makes you want to listen. You don't want to listen to someone who's here. Right. So that translates to how people move on stage, how they use their breath as they go, not just in terms of holding a note, but in terms of character how they move, how they react to each other, what position they're in. I have said to my cast a thousand times, if they're listening to this, they're going, oh yeah. When I look at the stage, I want to see the ensemble on that stage and what their relationships are to each other. Any moment, there's got to be that freeze frame moment that I can see that this one's best friends with this one. This one is probably the mom of that one. These two people are related, maybe husband and wife, but it makes it a more interesting show. Certainly a better acting experience for people on stage, just more positive in general. But finding that how you move, how you hold yourself, how you breathe, and what happens with your face. It's getting character, all of that. 
So this is not your first time with Deerfield Family Theater, right? Tell us about your history of, of DFT and, and some of the other uh, community theater programs in the area. I've done a lot. <laughs> You're going to get bored. <laughs> the highlights. Let's hear the highlights. <laughs> well, when Deerfield Family Theater started, I was lucky enough to get the job of choreographing Dear Edwina, which was our first show that was written by Marcy Heisler and Zena Goldrich. Marcy being a DFT, actually Children's Theater of Deerfield kid. And she let us use that script and score for the first show. So there were a lot of kids. That was a kid's cast. And a lot of those kids that were in that cast, like Danny Abosh, who just mm. wrote Fancy Nancy and Allie Bloom, who just moved back here. And I think uh, Aaron Hickey, who's now Aaron Kelly and in Beauty and the Beast. There are just a lot of kids that are now grownups. And from there, I choreographed the first 10 shows for DFT. And then I started um, Theater D with Donna Price and Ryan Elliott and directed like maybe the first six shows for them, maybe six. And then I came back and was able to direct Little Shop of Horrors for DFT and Annie for DFT and my favorite Beauty and the Beast. So. So tell us then about Beauty and the Beast. Why did you want to direct Beauty and the Beast? And and without, I mean, we all know the story, but maybe without spoiling this particular production, you know, like what's been so exciting about getting everyone ready for this year's show? Oh my God, I love this show. I did the show years ago in Buffalo Grove. I directed kind of all over the place or choreographed all over the place. But when I first did the show, I thought of it as my favorite little girl story. I loved the story as a little girl. It's romantic and exciting. And I loved Belle. And now in 2023, I definitely look at the show differently. I think of Belle as she's a hero. She shows us what possibilities there are. Love someone because you love someone, not because you're supposed to, not because everyone says you should. And never judge a book by its cover because beauty really is on the inside. And let's, I mean, talk about Belle and the fact that she likes to read. She's smart and she doesn't apologize for who she is and what her wants are and that she wants to see the world and be part of the world and learn. She's anti-violence. Let's just say that. I think if she, if there was a Beauty and the Beast too, and she lived in Deerfield, she would be that person that would be going to anti-gun rallies and anti-bullies. And she would definitely be pro-choice in terms of choose who you love and let people be people. You know, 
she'd be a leader today. And so I feel like this production gives us several things. One is that I want our audience to leave after two hours or 2.15 with the intermission. I want them to leave feeling happy. I want them to feel that this was a great two hours and they feel good. And maybe think about some of the things that Bell and our wonderful cast has shown them. And, and that even if you start out as a beast, you can grow into a prince. Wow, that sounds like a t-shirt, doesn't it? Sorry. I'd like to think that they'll go away thinking. But honestly, happy and fun are huge. In 2023, when we turn on the television or turn on the radio or talk to friends, there's so much horrible happening in the world right now. Our news cycle is filled with tragedy. I'd like to think that Beauty and the Beast will help us to have two hours of feel hopeful. And now for a quick break, let's learn about this year's Platinum Sponsor. For over 32 years, Mosaic Construction has provided outstanding renovation, remodeling, and construction services for commercial and residential property owners. They have the expertise to maximize your property's functionality, aesthetic value, and overall appeal. Mosaic Construction and their affiliated brands, Design Construction Concepts, and Cannabis Facility Construction have worked nationwide and have a diverse portfolio of projects across many real estate sectors. They understand the entire process of consulting, constructing, and transforming your property. When your collective values are aligned, the probability of exceeding your expectations is realized. They only make promises they can keep and treat each project as if it were their own home. Real estate owners and managers of all kinds recognize that they must select the right design and build firm who can help them best achieve their goals. Their clients appreciate how they deliver projects on time, within budget, and minimal disruption. Make Mosaic Construction your construction partner. That's the end of our break. And now back to the show. I can't help but think about speaking of tragedy of what the arts community went through in the pandemic. And I'm curious to hear uh, from you, Debbie, about what that experience was like uh, for you and the people that, that you knew and what it's like now finally to be, you know, for the last year or so, being able to to get together in person and do these things. Oh, my God. It was for all of us in our own ways, we life was taken away from us, and but we lived through it. So I'm always that person that is glass half full. I'm always the person that finds the positive because that's how I function. For me, I was doing Frozen with kids in Buffalo Grove, and of course that was canceled, and that was so hard for all of the, all of us really. And for me, it was once you realize it's not just going to be the two weeks that we were told originally that I needed a creative outlet really badly. And there was only so much of cleaning my shelves and reorganizing shelves that I could do because I ran out of shelves and cabinets. Um, and trying to be creative and 
that was hard. Talking with other people in the community and trying to do things on Zoom was, there gets to be a point where you're going, I cannot do anything on Zoom anymore. I started seeing, and because again, therapist, I started seeing individual clients from on Zoom. So that helped me help them. And it kind of worked in every respect. And then Uptown Music Theater and Highland Park decided that they would try and do a show. And we did Freckle Face Strawberry, which is a wonderful theater for young audience production. And we did it outside, literally on a parking lot kind of street in Highland Park during the day so that people could come with their families and sit in their little pods and watch this amazing production that we didn't have to be inside for. And the audience, we were hoping that, you know, we did this on, we did this production for basically no money and no lights because it was outside and also no air conditioning, I'm just going to say, but the audience loved it. And we got big audiences because they could spread out is the community was dying for more theater and things to do with our families and trying to find things that you could do either in your car in the winter with your family by driving through things or this was a go outside and feel safe. It was wonderful to start to get back and do something creative. And then little by little, we came back. And God, it feels so good to do a show again and work with the cast again. I did Susicle last summer for Uptown Music Theater, and I did Annie for um, Northwood Middle School last year. And there's nothing better than being back together because I think the thing that we lost, at least for me, was, as I said, when I first came back from kind of an awful year and the feeling that I'm a professional dancer, I shouldn't do community theater. And then I found out, yeah, this is, I love this. I, community, regional, I don't care, it's theater. And in this area, it's good. I found that theater creates community. And it's good for the community. Um, being in a show is you're being part of a team. Everyone has their essential element that they bring to it to create it, whether it's lights or sound or helping backstage someone changing costumes or being in the ensemble and being the apple seller in the opening, in the opening number and Beauty and the Beast. Everyone comes together, and without that element, we wouldn't have a show. So we are a team. We are a community. We look forward to seeing each other and meeting more people in each show. It's very exciting. And then we get to bring this to the community so that people can bring their kids to see us. That's great. It's a great process for me. 
Yeah, you know, it, it really does create community. I recall when I first moved to Deerfield in the summer of 2021. Now, of course, I'm from Buffalo Grove, so I'm not like from far away, but yeah. I didn't particularly know anyone in town. And because I had performed with Larry Aronson on the board for the <laughs> Chicago Bar Show, Larry was like, oh, you moved to Deerfield. Well, you got to come check out, you know, Deerfield Community <laughs> Theater. And hey, why not join the board, right? So yeah. right away, I was throw that was like a few months after moving to town. I was at the farmer's market with the, you know, the table, getting to know people on the board, getting to know people like, like you who have been staples in the community for so long. And then I started to see people I knew who had moved to Deerfield and they were like, oh, like you must have been here for some time. Look at you. You're at the farmer's market. You know, all these people I was like, no, like I just moved to town. Right. But I had immediately this community of people that have been performing on stage together or their families, because not everyone performs, but we've been going, people who have been going to shows. And I will even in my business be at networking events, local, like chamber events, and I'll meet uh, people who performed in the show 20 years ago, right? Who are like, I love Deerfield Family Theater, like when they hear I'm a board member. So uh, it really does, like you cannot undersell the power of what theater can do for no. your community. Um, so, you, and, but because speaking of you being a staple in the community for so long, I'm not, I usually ask my guests, what's some of their favorite shows they've been involved with, but I don't want to make you pick favorites because you've got, you'd have to, you know, with so many. So let's just do this, putting on your audience hat. Like when you get to go in and just enjoy a show, what have been some of the favorite performances that you've attended over the years? Oh, ragtime. I choreographed La Caja Fall. I love that. God, Hamilton. That's a game changer. Yeah. I love that. Oh, my God. And this week at my class with special needs kids doing theater, one of the kids came in and he had just seen Hamilton. And so I said, and now you're in the room where it happens. And he started singing the room where it happens. And he started doing. And then, of course, I had to join him because, well, Hamilton and we were singing this together i mean god you know just the power and again i did susical years ago and i'm working with i'm so sidebarring i'm so sorry it's okay no it's okay. but i have one client who was nonverbal, and i was doing susical and i brought in some of the music from susical and there's a rap at the end I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam. I am. I do not. Anyway, it's great. And I brought it in and I saw him kind of keeping the rhythm as we do, you know, head bopping and doing his thing. And I gave him a CD of that I burned. That was when we could burn CDs of that rap. And I gave him a copy of it. And the next thing I knew, he came in and little by little sang it. I mean, the power of music and movement and theater. And then, we, of course, we did Wizard of Oz because all of a sudden I had these, had these people that were there. So I did that show, which was kind of wonderful. And Aladdin. I have so many wonderful memories of so many shows. I mean, I love Something Rotten. I love Noises Off. That's another favorite show of all time. Theater D and, this this April. Theater D in Deerfield will be doing Noises Off. I may have heard something about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick tease for those who 
And you come back in, in February, March to the podcast to hear interviews of, of the people who will be doing Noises Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that is a show you want to see if you like laughing at all. Yeah. That is a great show. There are so many shows. I, I loved doing Annie Get Your Gun, which we can't do anymore because it's got that word gun in it, even though Annie Oakley was actually a sharpshooter for her time period. I love, it's a beautiful story. God, there's some, I love Susical. I love Shrek. I can't, I, when I go to the theater, I am that person that's transported. Joseph, I've done that a couple of times. What great music. You can't not enjoy that. I am that easy audience. <laughs> you know, my husband will go and he'll say, yeah, I bet you didn't like that staging. And I'm that person that you never think I will watch things and just smile my way through it. It's just, I'm really happy. I'm happy just about being in anything, really. Yeah, yeah. A question that we've been asking our guests for some time, I'm curious to get your take on it is, you know, it comes up with Hamilton all the time because you couldn't even go see Hamilton because you couldn't get right. a ticket. But the question is, assuming you can go see the show, whether, and this is not necessarily just Beauty and the Beast, but just in general, assuming you could go see the show, is it okay to listen to the soundtrack before you've seen this show if you've never had a chance to see the show before? Oh, I think it is. That, that, that People go both ways on that. I think Hamilton, really good idea because you'll get more out of it if you recognize more of what they're saying because it goes by so fast. I mean, six Oh my God, the music is so incredible in that. But yeah, I think so. I think you just get more familiar and enjoy it more. I mean, Little Shop, what a great show that is. I loved doing that for DFT. I think going in and listening to it, sure, is great. And if you don't, tell great. Because then you may want to come out and you may say, you know what, now I really want to pull up the soundtrack and hear it again or not. And that's okay too. Again, being entertained for two hours is huge. So just in case our listeners aren't already convinced to go see Beauty and the Beast, the musical by oh. DFT, yes, give us one more. This is your last shot to, to convince them to come. Why should they come? Because it is special. It is truly a special show with remarkably talented actors on that stage. I am in awe of them. And we're already to the point we haven't gotten to tech. We haven't certainly are not in performance. We're still in rehearsal. It's already worth seeing. It's yeah. already exciting. And the characters and the actors are given, they're all in. They're giving everything they've got. And my God, our I always say an ensemble makes the show for me. Our leads, it's a given. They are superlatives. They're unbelievable actors. And not but, the ensemble is exciting. You want to see them. They make the show in Gaston. And there's a mob scene that is just, whoa, you, their faces um, it's exciting. I yeah, think the like, ensemble is the most powerful character. 
it's it's a huge cast. I mean, we're almost 40 people, right? It's like 30 to 40 cast members. We're, we're like 34. And I will tell you that I worked with cast the size I with 60 people in the cast. You know, I mean, I'm used to big casts. I was hoping that we could have a bigger cast with this show, actually. But there's only so much that's going to fit on that stage. Right. So it's a smaller Beauty and the Beast, but it's huge. That's all I can say. Yeah. And especially for those who have been coming to the shows in the last couple of years that we've been able to actually have shows since we were last supposed to do Beauty and the Beast. And they right. couldn't because of the pandemic. Since then, we've had very small shows. So this is like, this is our big, even though you could do a much bigger cast, this is our big comeback. And we're super, super excited about it. Thank you so much. stage. Yes. On this gorgeous stage at Caruso with comfortable seats. Those of you that haven't been to a DFT show since we were in Caruso before the pandemic with folding chairs, this is theater seats. And it's in its raked house, which means you're sitting up looking at the stage. It is a beautiful theater. Yeah. If you didn't have a reason to come see Fancy Nancy, which was our TYA, which was our first production in that theater, if you didn't have a little kid, you probably didn't come. So this is your chance to come and experience the new Caruso Theater because it's really spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, tickets are for sale at DeerfieldTheater.com. The show They're is- going fast. Yes. Get them now. November 10th is the first night, and then it's Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays through November 19th. So get the tickets while you can. Debbie, if anybody wanted to follow up with you, if they have somebody who's special needs and wants to go through therapy or they want you to direct a show or something, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can definitely get a hold of me on email, which is Deborah, D-E-B-R-A-B is in boy, Goldman, G-O-L-D-M-A-N, at gmail.com. I'm sure through DFT, they can get a hold of me. and talk to anyone on the board or find yeah. me in the back of the house. Better still, come to the show yes. and then find me. I'm the one with the curly dark hair that's standing there clapping and looking at this show thinking, how'd they do that? That's amazing. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And that's our show. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Theater. An even better way to support us is go see Beauty and the Beast. Visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets. As always, links are in the show notes. And thanks again to this production's platinum sponsor, Mosaic Construction. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred listening app to never miss an episode. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater.